I'm with Bill Burns this morning, and Bill is uh, an artist living in Toronto uh, who uh, has been, over the last number of years, producing uh, work and uh, through and with the, the Museum of Sm the Museum of Safety Gear for Small Animals. Is that right? Well, the, the museum is a part of our uh, project. Uh, it's actually Safety Gear for Small Animals is a as, is a small company, and uh, the museum is a is part of our archives and collection. Okay, and this the 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 this exhibition has been shown around the world. It's uh you've had it's been been shown at the MoMA, and in Switzerland at the. Uh, Ampton Utopian Colony, and uh, in mm -hmm. Buenos Aires at the ICA, and uh, you also have developed a collection of um, multiples, multiples so, yeah. that yeah. that you're mm -hmm. that are sold through yeah. the the Tate Gallery and the yeah. AGO and Art Metropole and right. a number of other choices. So, would you tell us a bit about well these various yeah. your, your your projects? Um, we've been working on the. On making prototypes for uh, helping small animals for quite a few years, and um, I started doing that uh, way back. Well, my first sort of my, kind of one of the seminal events of my childhood was going to uh, Gray Owl's Cabin um, mm. in northern Saskatchewan, and uh, so it's quite a journey. Uh, it's about a day's drive from Regina, and then uh, a canoe. Uh, another day of canoeing and portaging to get to the cabin. Wow. And uh, Gray Owl was a, was a great um, hero of mine, mm -hmm. uh, second only to Jack London. <laughs> and uh, so, uh, we, uh, well, but when we arrived at Gray Owl's cabin, I, I found out that he had died in 1939. I thought we were gonna actually visit him. Okay. So this was 1963 or 64. Mm -hmm. And uh, so it was a uh, bit of a disappointment. It was a disappointment. Uh, uh, Safe to get for small animals, I think, partly at least comes from that that, that uh, trying to turn a stumbling block into a stepping stone. Um, but we've been so. But then in in the mid nineteen eighties, I was in graduate school at the University of London. <coughs> And this is after a kind of series of accidental encounters with business and uh, and art, and and uh, I was really thinking of, of the projects more as a business project. Mm -hmm. But then it got taken up by uh, the art community, kind of, and I thought, well, this is a good way to go into production, and so um, um, it's uh, the the fact that it's become part of you know, more about, a little bit more about art than about business, it's sort of an accidental uh, uh, event. And, yeah. Huh. So it has that, but it provides a model of distribution as well, uh, that is understood more, more easily in a lot of ways. Like you've, you propose yourself as a museum or as a, as a, a company that sells this equipment or? Well, mostly we're a company that sells the equipment, and then the museum is is a is a sidebar of our uh, of our of, of the company. Okay. Um, I'm the director of both the museum and the um, and the company. Okay. And we have uh, 
uh, a number of, well, I have a head of plastics uh, in Regina. He's a, a model maker named Dave Porter. Okay. Uh, head of haberdashery uh, and tents uh, in Montreal, Jackie Demchuk. Okay. And uh, uh, head of uh, the photography division, uh, Paul Litterland in Montreal. <laughs> uh, and uh, a number of other people. Um, one of our, I guess, our, our business model is really um, taken from, uh, uh, you know, really from the notebooks of Margaret Thatcher. Mm. Uh, outsourcing uh, is one of our you know, greatest uh, attributes as a company. Sure. And so you have these other divisions. Uh, I noticed that there was one for uh, like the 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 Jitmo suits. Like that's a separate division, right? The, the yeah, that's the primates division. Uh, we we now have a, a, a small um, but growing uh, primates division. Okay. Um, and so the uh, we made the a project called uh, Boiler Suits for Primates. We were invited to uh, exhibit them at the Havana um, Biennale in a in a side project uh, called a theoretical project. It was called um, called the Arte Arte Vita, mm -hmm. and uh, and so um, we made a miniaturized version of everything you get when you arrive at the prison camp at Guantanamo Bay, Cuba. Um, and so that included uh, uh, a miniature Quran, a miniature toothpaste, miniature boiler suits. Those orange suits that they wear. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And pails and, uh, you know, it's a basically, it's like a camping kit. But you're in, you know, the prisoners are in the, you know, these pens there. Are they made to scale? Are they made, they're, they're obviously modeled on human, human, uh, Equipment, but are they made to uh, scale of a particular animal? Like, uh, uh, not really. Um, everything in the uh, in the prototypes is made to about one quarter scale, mm -hmm. and um, but then we uh, we think of it as uh, uh, those as somewhere in the in the range, and then we have a small, medium, large, and extra large mm -hmm. in those ranges. Mm -hmm. um, so. With the primates, uh, you know, we can think of them anywhere from small humans to uh, to uh, you know monkeys. Monkeys, great, huh? And, and uh, uh, along with the suits, there's also a series of drawings and plans and things like that. And how how do you integrate those into the the? Well, like you said, we we have some different um, divisions. Uh, the main divisions are how to help animals escape from degraded habitats mm -hmm. and how to help animals escape from natural history and um, as well as the safety from natural area. history from mm -hmm. the museum world or the well or it, it's our we think of it more as escaping from the kind of uh, the uh, uh, discourse of natural history mm -hmm. so that uh, the uh, the kind of uh, intellectual and um, historical framework for uh, animals, which is really a human construction, um, 
is sort of placed around, you know, it frames animals in our world. And what we think of it is trying to get them out of that framework. Mm. Um, and so that's part, of, that's the escape from natural history part. Um, mm -hmm. And those are large scale photographs and we have trading cards and uh, you're familiar with the, the, cards. the cards and the photographs because um, you've taken some of them. There. <laughs> and, uh, but um, also, um, and then the uh, how to help animals escape from degraded habitats. Mm. Uh, some people have trouble with the uh, semiotics of this because the titles are quite similar. Mm -hmm. But um, the Degraded Habitats program uh, is a, a program that we supply kits for, um, as well as models for uh, looking at how, how a rescue mission might take place. Right. And uh, we also have a book called How to Help Animals Escape from Degraded Habitats, which is a guide to how to discover retrieve, verify, and uh, innovate and endow uh, an animal. So our plan, generally speaking, uh, uh, you would rescue an animal from a third world uh, degraded habitat, let's say in uh, Amazonia, and bring that animal back to a first world um, zoo or insectarium right. or aquarium. So you would want to have a, a team that would maybe have uh, skilled outdoorsmen, uh, river rafters, herpetologists uh, on the one end. Also people skilled in small appliances because usually um, you want to, uh, wrong-headed as it may seem, bringing an animal, especially an endangered species, across international borders mm -hmm. is a uh, considered illegal, right. even though we're actually helping them. Mm -hmm. um, it's but, kind uh, of like voluntary extradition in a way, yeah, or something. Yeah, so, <laughs> but, uh, so we've, uh, we've, or, we've organized our program around how to avoid red tape, <clears throat> basically, and avoid the watchful eyes of uh, customs or custodial care authorities. Right. So, and the uh, Typically on the on the receiving side, we also have, would have a team, uh, and they would include maybe a, a caretaker, or a plumber, or a night watchman at a at an aquarium or a zoo or whatever. Right. And that would help uh, gain access to make an, an endowment to the zoo. Right. <laughs> ah. Um, so there's the. So what are the other divisions? Uh, there's the there's the safety. It's, there's for helping small animals escape degraded environments. There's uh, the safety gear, uh, mm -hmm. is kind of a separate yeah. division, yeah. and uh, uh, and then there's the uh, uh, the natural hit the escaping from natural history division. And we have a bird. Uh, we have the prime. Uh, then safety gear is divided into primates and and uh, general okay. animals as well. And we have the uh, toll-free telephone service. So we have kind of a web-based, depends how you look at our, our business plan, really, but we have a, a web and telephony program, um, which is uh, coming up for a new exhibition at the ICA in London, England. Mm -hmm. uh, the telephone service will be uh, available uh, throughout England, and um, people will be able to call in and 
get information about uh, you know how to set up your life insurance and annuities to help animals in perpetuity mm. um, uh, how to sponsor safety gear research and production things like that um, so is it really there, that there is an actual link to all these outside organizations or how, uh, well uh, like uh, how does it how does the annuity like how does your oh, uh, your well we, uh, the way the telephone service works uh, is an information service mm -hmm. um, but also but the way we uh, we do accept uh, sponsorships for uh, safety gear research and things like that mm -hmm. and we will uh, we will we'll take um, uh, we certainly uh, will entertain uh, receiving uh, monies for uh, giving advice about how to establish your annuities for animals. Uh, okay. Yeah. Uh, so is this your, is that your next project, or is that uh, uh, you have something else? Well, I have out? one uh, one in between, um, uh, and that's at in Berlin at the uh, Kunstwerke. Okay. At uh, which is a an ICA in. Mitte in Berlin. Okay. And that's a, it's a, it's a beautiful uh, set of buildings in, with a courtyard in the middle. And there's several trees and one large tree. And the plan is to set up um, a, a bird call uh, station. Which I, I have uh, bird calls that I've collected. They're, um, they're physical uh, little musical instruments. Mm -hmm. And I have a collection of them of ready-mades uh, that I've jerry-rigged over the years. The added pumps to them and and uh, little harnesses so they can be common. Right. And um, and they they will hang from the tree, and all, and then uh, there's a radio uh, uh, broadcasting unit, or maybe more of a narrow casting uh, project, and it will broadcast uh, in a maybe one um, one half kilometer or one kilometer radius mm -hmm. from that area and then the, the people will be able to use the bird calls and transmit the sounds of birds uh, to radio users in the neighborhood as well as the, there'll be portable radios uh, with little solar packs that people can take out of the out of the gallery okay. for a walk and uh, I just want to say uh, my uh, my interest in in uh, radio comes from uh, interest in kind of uh, in transparency in democracy, mm -hmm. and uh, Berlin seemed like a really appropriate place to have a kind of idea of the radio waves. I, I love the idea that radio waves go through yes building building, <laughs> and uh, and that there's a kind of there's a sense of transparency mm -hmm. with radio, um, and so uh, that's why I'm attracted to that technology. Um, and it also has a historical links to you know, uh, resistance to certain kinds of, um, <coughs> of uh, forms of government and, sure. and state. Um, so well, that's very that's great and. Uh, um, so that's happening when that uh, that project uh, will go up this summer. I, I think it's going to open in the middle of June, mm -hmm. and uh, it'll go uh, up 
they, they said that they wanted to have it up for two summers, so it'll be up through 2008. Oh, very good. Yeah. That's great. Um, is there anything, are there any, I was, one thing I'm often interested in is if you talked about gray owl as being a source of, well, the beginning point of this process of mm -hmm. looking at uh, uh, animal life and the well-being of animals, and obviously he was mm -hmm. someone who who spent a lot of time with that. But is there, is there any art, artists or or scientists or other ex researchers who who you take cues from um, that uh, well, influence uh, you? Um, I I get one of my most my, f my favorite writers, um, uh, contemporary uh, biology and uh, ecology writers, is uh, a guy named David Quammen, mm -hmm. who, uh, who does a lot of writing for um, Harper's and uh, has written a number of books. One of them is called The Song of the Dodo. Mm -hmm. And uh, he, he sort of, um, he writes about uh, well, The Song of the Dodo is uh, one of my favorite books, and it's all about island uh, biogeography. Mm -hmm. and, um, and islands are important because they have small ecosystems that are more easily studied, so mm -hmm. you can see how ecological problems develop. <clears throat> and uh, well, he's just a wonderful writer and very uh, poetic as well. So. Oh, great. Yeah. Um, and, and then, uh, I, of course, uh, I have a number of artists who I admire, uh, uh, you know, like uh, Mark Dion uh, and, um, you know, uh, other artists who, whose work I'm, I'm close to that might not seem uh, necessarily uh, connected would be like Bruce Nauman, hmm. um, you know, Rosemary Trockel. Mm -hmm. Those, you know, those are artists who I also uh, whose, whose careers you follow. <laughs> yeah. Oh, interesting. And um, I think I think uh, we'll wrap up here. Um, but is, is, if there's anything that we didn't, if there's something that you would like to talk about in particular, you can take it away, or yeah. we can we can wrap it up here too. Well, um, I would just uh, I guess like to say thank you to to Paul and. Uh, and hello to everyone in Montreal if you're listening. And uh, thank uh, you. Okay. Oh, thank you, Bill. Thanks a lot, Paul. Okay. <laughs> That's great. That's Very a nice good. project. Yeah.